Hi, it's Michael Benner. The following is an excerpt from this week's Finding Yourself in Paradise podcast, provided free of charge to subscribers of previous radio programs, Intervision on KPFK and Breakthrough Radio on KRLA. To hear the entire Finding Yourself in Paradise podcast each week, subscribe for just 99 cents a week at focusedpassion.com. That's the W's dot focusedpassion.com. Remember the ED, focusedpassion.com. Just 99 cents a week, pocket change, billed monthly at $3.96. Thanks very much for your interest, and in any event, enjoy the following excerpt. See that the only way that unpleasable person is pleased is getting everyone else frustrated at them. You know, they get pleased by that being control freaks. A lot of them are control freaks. So yeah, you know, we we do put a whole lot of energy into the impossible sometimes, especially changing our parents. Those those that doesn't happen. You know, it's like that's trying to change the wind instead of adjusting the sails. You know, so we we know that really the the key to success comes in simply in one of the most profound lyric ever written. You and I did a whole seminar on this tiny little wonderful song that goes like this. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 merrily. Life is but a dream. I mean, row the boat. You can't just let the boat go wherever it wants. You've got to know where you're going. You've got to row in the right direction. But you do, you do it downstream. You don't go up. Right. You don't go against the river. And I think there's a lot of power in the fact that they use the word merrily over and over again because it's like do it with great joy great happiness great (sighs) love and then why because just like you're the creator of the dreams that you have you're really the creator of the life that you have too not to the extent that you create what happens to you but as we said earlier more importantly to the extent that you create your attitude about it and your response to it right and that's success when you when you're in charge of your life and you're you're no matter what happens good stuff out there bad stuff out there you're dealing with it the way you want to deal with it and creating what you want to create out of it that's real success we're wired for success just like the inherent ability of a seed or seedling to become the plant that sets the flower that when pollinated, bears the fruit that contains the seed to begin the process yeah. all over again. Something's got to really get in the way for that to not naturally happen, and yeah. that's us too. Something's really got to stop us from just becoming the success we are. Success meant to be. is natural. Yes, the wind is at our backs. Yes. The universe is conspiring with everyone to be successful, provided we're in alignment with that larger sense of the way things work. Just like the ecosystem, it's like a spiritual ecosystem with unity and diversity at work for the greater good. And so community and a a sense of self as being part of something bigger is essential to this as well. But at the beginning, it has to be self-centered. And as you've already explained the difference between selfish and a a matter of enlightened self-interest, but... I think it needs to be emphasized because perhaps the greatest resistance to self-knowledge, to personal growth, is the fear that I'll be seen as pompous and arrogant 
full of myself and uh, conceited. And then nobody will like me. And now I'm really up a river without a paddle. Now what do I do? I'm, uh, you know, uh, there's, I, was, I, I thought I needed to please these people. Now there's, you know, nobody to please. I scared them all away because I was so pompous. And so there's a, some people play small. There's a false yeah. humi- humility. They, yeah. There's they almost, a thing in Australia they call the tall poppy syndrome. Don't rise above all the other poppies. If you, if you show yourself as being greater than the others, you get mm-hmm. chopped off, you know. So, yeah, there's a fear of doing that. And it's sort of ironic. I mean, it really is sort of ironic that we think that by not uh, understanding ourselves, not pleasing ourselves, not putting ourselves first, that we're being generous, we're being, you know, like take care of others, for, we're, we're being um, oh, giving and, and kind and we're doing a good thing. But truly, what you are is being a role model for those people in your life. And if you're not taking care of yourself, not satisfying your needs, your wants, your desires, you're not happy, then what kind of role model are you being? I mean, you can tell anybody anything. That doesn't mean very much, really, compared to what you be, what you do, what you show them. And if you're not taking care of yourself and satisfying your needs and being happy, then that's what you're teaching your kids. That's what you're teaching the people in your life. So you've got to take care of yourself first, if only so that other people can see how to do this, you know? And that's not selfish. It's it's enlightened self-interest. I've used this example a lot. You, you also, I've heard other people in the field use it. It's just a darn good uh, 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 allegory here, even if some of our listeners have already heard it. And that's uh, this whole idea that when you get in a commercial air flight, oh, yeah. uh, the, the steward or stewardess always tells you to you know, if the air mask should drop, if the cabin becomes depressurized and these air masks drop, be sure and put yours on first and then help other people. Yes. Now, that is not selfish. No, no, that's that's smart because if you don't put yours on first and you pass out, nobody wins. Yeah, it's playing small. That's right. So that other people will feel comfortable is nice, it's sweet, it's well-intentioned, it's just backwards. Right. It doesn't serve the other people. No. It actually teaches them the wrong lesson. teaches them to be small right. and uh, falsely modest. We can come out of our power and out of our success and enhance the contributions that we have for each other and love who we really are, respect who we really are, and I guarantee that leads to humility. It... it, it the, the pompous, arrogant, conceited person with the big ego is the person that has little idea who they really are. Right. That comes from insincerity and right. insecurity, and not, not from sincerity right. and feeling safe. So if you don't know who you are, you have to develop this pumped-up ego. If you feel safe, I mean, think about the bottom line. If you feel safe, why would you need to be arrogant? Why would you need to be bragging or pompous if you feel the only reason you do that is to let people know you're bigger than you are so that they won't attack you. I mean why else would you do that if you don't need to so it's it's just it's ironic that we think that the better we feel about ourselves the more egotistical will come be, become and it's exactly the opposite the better we feel of ourselves the less egotistical we become the more we know ourselves understand what we know about ourselves, the more we're going to like ourselves and the less it matters what other people think. Right. And that's a good thing. 
Right. Now you're free to love people whether they agree with you or disagree with you. They may love your home team. They may hate your home team. It doesn't really matter. You're confident enough, easy enough in your own skin that you can let other people be, be, be who they really are. Sure. I mean, it's sure great when other people like you. I mean, that's a wonderful thing. But if it... If that's the most important thing if that other people like you, then they're in charge of your happiness. That's they're in right. charge of your life. If the most important thing is, do I like me, then I'm the most in charge of my happiness. So it's really got to be me first. Not, not just. It's not selfish. It's just. It's just smart. You know, like if I want to be in charge of me, I don't want other people to be in charge of me. So I'm going to make me most important to me, so that I can be the most I can be for all those other people. And success. Success is really about feeling powerful, I think. It's about having choices. It's being able to make the choices that feel best for you in those, I think, five basic areas of life. You know, we think of success, I think we think of five basic areas of life. We think of our, our job, our career, our, our calling, what we do for a living. We think about our, our spouse or our major relationships kind of thing. We think about our kids, uh, our extended family. We think about our money situation, our prosperity situation, and think of our health. And those are the basic areas that we take a look at. And if we're doing really well in every one of those areas, I'd have to say virtually anyone would say that would be successful. If you're doing really, really excellently in every one of those areas, you'd have to call that success. Now, I know a whole lot of people that have gotten like three out of five and uh, two out of five, but getting all five, you know, getting all five, that's pretty rare and pretty wonderful. There is, at the same time we discussed this idea of, codependence and a more appropriate level of emotional independence, there is, of course, this cluster of personality disorders that seems sometimes almost epidemic uh, these days. And I'm talking about the narcissist, mm. the sociopath, the, uh, the borderline, the histrionic. These are people... Well, ultimately, the reason Freud chose the word narcissist was not so much that this is a person, remember, narcissist fell in love with... Yeah, his own reflection. In, in the pool of yeah. water. It wasn't, I love myself, I have such a big ego. What that ancient myth is about is falling in love with the appearance of things. Yes. With the reflection. How I look to yes. others, really. Yes. yes. So to a narcissist um, uh, or a sociopath, there's no soul. There's no uh, substance. There's nothing real. It's just the reflection. It's just the light bouncing off it. Yeah. This is a really tiny percentage of society, I mean, that are truly disturbed in this way. But boy, you know, one, one in a city can change a city. You know, they're, they're powerful people because they're so out of touch with the way others feel. You might not be able to recognize them because they think much like other people think sometimes. They just don't feel. They just don't get. They have no conscience. They have no. And, and it's. And it's just really. It's really kind of frightening how normal they can appear to be. Well, for, well, especially since there's so many of them among the rich and successful yeah. people yeah. in government or in corporations yeah. or or in other institutions. But I bring it up, Steve, because I want us to point out that success is more than the appearance 
of success. Oh, so much more. The there appearance is, is so little of it. There is something substantial that we yeah. can go to, something that is real, something that is lasting. And I think one of those qualities is, well, love or fulfillment. Yes. You see, it's simple. If you appear to be successful to yourself and to everybody else, but you don't feel successful, then you're not successful. They think you are, but you know you're not. <laughs> if you feel successful, even if you don't look successful to others, they think you aren't, but you know you are. So really, when it comes to success, feelings is much more important than thoughts or appearances. And the, the I feel so sorry for those people who are uh, narcissist or borderline because they don't feel it. They don't ever get the joy of feeling the success. They just That's right. They have a hard so time uh, hard time empathizing. Yeah.